Hello, and welcome to The Supply Chain from Control Risks, the specialist risk consultancy. I'm your host, Sam Tornio, and in this series of podcasts, we'll be taking a closer look at the impact of COVID-19 on supply chains. In this episode, we'll be looking at the importance of supply chain visibility with Rosie Hawes, a partner in control risks, compliance, forensics, and intelligence practice in Greater China and North Asia. So Rosie, given the amount of disruption caused by COVID-19 and the prospect of some suppliers going out of business, on what scale might we potentially be seeing businesses restructuring their supply chains? So from a China perspective, while uh, discussions about moving supply chains outside of China have certainly increased in the last few months in response to political pressures, supply chain resilience concerns and so on, we have not actually seen any of our clients take these steps yet. This is because the costs involved, the training of new people, building relationships to get facilities going Uh, identifying skilled individuals or even learning those skills from scratch all take considerable time, huge amount of investment and planning to effect any move successfully. So, of course, companies are considering what's next for them, but very few are taking quite reactionary and short-term responses of moving business outside of China without first fully understanding the risks of a move to a new jurisdiction. Um, Clients also need to consider uh, how much of the current climate, how much of the current concerns we have on supply chains is based on temporary political rhetoric and how much is indicative of fundamental changes that companies will be forced to adapt to. Are we facing short-term pressures um, or a long-term new reality? So even then where countries impose tough new legislation to limit reliance on overseas supply chains, the likelihood will be how companies can adapt to these new requirements, understand what the regulations say, how they're enforced and how to comply with them while ultimately still continuing business as normal overseas. So I think it's really key to keep in mind that at this stage, nobody actually wants to restructure something that has been working well on both sides of the relationship. It's very important to map external political factors, understand competitive pressures, and of course, the impact of coronavirus on the stability of your supply chain, uh, whilst using this time to really consider if you want to keep the status quo or is now the time to make a change. Rosie, as I understand it, you're back in the office now in Shanghai and business appears to be resuming. Do you feel that for suppliers, the mood is one of simply restarting, or is there a sense of needing to adapt and innovate? So that's a good question, because sitting in Shanghai, it certainly feels like life is back to normal. But talking to people in second or third tier cities, we understand that a lot of Chinese companies are experiencing the same pressure that UK companies are, so reduced working hours, reduced pay, unable to to operate. And so they're only really getting back on their feet now. So one of the key questions is really to think about how your supply chain might look in the next six months or or a year's time. Some of these companies in in China will 
probably collapse. So how important are they to your supply chain? How easily can you replace them? Are you aware of their current status? Have you been monitoring the key parts of your supply chain so that you can understand the the pressures that they're facing? One other factor to to consider, particularly sitting here in China and seeing some of the uh, challenges that our clients have faced is the point that your supplier is important to you, but are you important to your supplier? So we certainly have um, had one client who found it was not so significant for its major supplier who significantly reduced uh, the flow of goods during the worst times of coronavirus here. And so our client in turn was unable to make um, meet key uh, uh, agreements back overseas. So being aware of how significant you are to your supplier uh, and what other competing interests you might be facing at this time when there's a real desperation to, to source goods. Uh, the, the other final observation that I've had is the significant uptick that we have had in requests to investigate allegations of fraud in the supply chain. So at this time, uh, aware of the pressure, uh, some less scrupulous suppliers will certainly be looking to make extra profit. Um, they may be demanding kickbacks from your employees, for example, uh, otherwise they'll send the goods elsewhere. Um, we're also seeing an increase in allegations of conflicts of interest, which at the best of times are a significant challenge for our clients here, but at the moment are uh, are particularly uh, likely in part because the current working environment means that the typical kind of controls and policies and procedures we have in place um, or companies have in place uh, are not so applicable. So it's harder to to check what's going on. It's harder to audit. Uh, and you, you can't be so confident or sure that uh, your, you know, your head of procurement is uh, following the rules or sending uh, the key uh, orders to his cousin's company, for example. So at this time, uh, it's really, really important to understand and to investigate these kinds of allegations. Um, Because one other thing we've seen is suppliers, other suppliers are often acutely aware of what's going on on the ground. And if you're not seen to address conflict of interest allegations, for example, it can really damage your reputation amongst the other suppliers. And then uh, you can potentially be losing money at the least time that you can afford it. So Rosie, if supply chain visibility is so critical right now, what could companies be doing to enhance that visibility? Yeah, so there's there's two approaches. Uh, if you have hundreds of third parties and you know a deep dive uh, without due cause is potentially unnecessary, then uh, spending time to do do a light touch assessment of each of those companies, so to see um, what any of the the, the major uh, developments in the last couple of years in terms of um, media reports on uh, scandals or disputes or litigation, um, make sure that you know who owns the company and uh, whether there are 
you know, again, any therefore any indications of potential conflict is one thing. And those kinds of reports can be done relatively swiftly. They're brief and they can help you kind of map your supplier landscape. However, if you are aware or are receiving allegations of particular concern, then a light touch approach won't necessarily be enough. In that case, it's uh, appropriate to do a deeper dive, actually speak to people on the ground and understand their perspective to to really help you understand uh, the exact situation with your supplier, uh, whether it's related to fraud or just concerns uh, perhaps related to competitors or the long-term viability of the supplier. Um, addressing these kinds of issues now will help you understand how stable the relationship is and ensure that you can build a supply chain that's geared towards long-term success. How does focusing on third-party due diligence now help businesses as they look ahead to recovery? Gathering information at this time is essential. Uh, All companies are facing pressures. All companies are considering where to expend their resources. Your supply chain will have its own supply chain. So they will also be uh, concerned and and want to ensure the long-term success of their business. So understanding the uh, overall pressures facing your supply chain supply chain right now uh, means that you are able to determine where you're going to go in the future. It may be that you decide that given the pressures facing your supply chain in China, that now is the time to seize the moment to, to refocus and consider that move out of the country. But while we are in the midst of really strong political rhetoric, uh, while it means that these are issues that companies should be considering, they're also not decisions to be taken lightly or to be taken quickly. So continual monitoring of the situation on the ground will ensure that if and when you decide to to make a move elsewhere, that you, you do so with your eyes open. It's also worth considering that, so for example, companies in China, if they decide to relocate to Vietnam, a lot of the challenges they face in China are exactly the same in Vietnam. So don't essentially jump from the frying pan into the fire. Make sure that you've gathered as much intelligence and information to, to build your strategy rather than reacting to, to an emergency situation. Do you see this as maybe a moment, a, a sea change? Is, th- is this going to be a permanent shift towards a more visible supply chain environment? Or even if you don't see that happening, would you suggest that businesses take the opportunity to make a change? So to to be frank, uh, some companies will be looking to cut costs at the moment and assuming that due diligence is one that can wait till later. However, if there's one thing I've learned is that it is much cheaper to conduct an an initial assessment of a potential partner's reputation or a potential supplier's reputation than it is to have to investigate how it's gone wrong um, a year down the line when you've lost millions to, you know, kickbacks or bribes or, you know, just poor quality equipment, for example. So now really is the time for companies to be focusing on on compliance and ensuring that, you know, they, they have all the information to write, make the right decisions. Uh, you ask if now is a, a sea change where that may happen. Um, 
And I think for about 50% of the companies that we're working for, yes, absolutely, they recognize that in order to succeed now more than ever, they need that kind of information. For the others, it may be a short-term cost-saving, but it may ultimately damage their long-term success here. Thank you very much, Rosie, for taking the time to speak with me. That was fascinating. My pleasure. That's all for this episode of The Supply Chain. Stay updated with new episodes of The Supply Chain by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our other podcasts as well. To follow all of Control Risk's analysis of the COVID-19 pandemic and to find out how we are helping clients build organizations that are secure, compliant, and resilient, visit controlrisk.com. See you next time.